720 WGN 1210 on the Wintrust Business Lunch. We say good afternoon to Terry Savage. Terry, how are you doing today? Terrific, nice, interesting, quiet sort of week in between the you know the Christmas holiday, the big climax of that, New Year's Eve coming. Nobody cares about the markets. You know how you can prove that? Every anchor on CNBC is on vacation today. <laughs> Everybody's substituting for everyone else. Nobody thinks anything's going to happen, and likely nothing will because all the big traders and the hedge fund managers and so forth, they're all off on vacation too, which is a pretty good opportunity for you if you're listening and sitting there relaxing to think about some stuff you might want to be doing this week when you have the chance yeah that's great yeah and you know we have a bunch of callers already do you want to get to them or do you want to get to some of these things on the list first you know let's jump because i can we do this first this whole thing about about paypal and and, uh, venmo let's do that first so you know i'm i'm in regular contact with my Everybody who's a journalist, there's nothing special about me, has a contact assigned at the IRS. I've become very good friends with Eric Smith. We've had him on a couple of times. Um, he's always very helpful. And so sure enough, we haven't talked taxes in weeks and weeks and weeks. He said, happy holidays. And by the way, have you seen this? I had the Internal Revenue Service announced on December 23rd, just in the dark days before Christmas, quote, a delay in reporting thresholds for third-party settlement organizations that was set to take effect for the upcoming tax filing season. Now, earlier this year, I wrote a column about how if you do transactions on PayPal or Venmo, that this year you should be marking them very carefully. Some are business transactions, things like I pay my exercise person or my dog walker or I bought something or sold something, for instance, on eBay. All the ones that were considered business transactions were going to have a 1099 associated with them. You could get around that by saying, oh, no, my exercise guru is my dear friend and I'm just sending her whatever it is, $100 as a friend. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it was, it was insane. On two days ago, they announced, quote, I wanted to find out where this quote is because it was so, it was so, so very IRS. Um, The IRS and Treasury heard a number of concerns (laughs) regarding the timeline of implementation of these changes that came about under the American Rescue Plan. So to help smooth the transition, now, Mind you, they've had a whole year and ensure clarity for taxpayers, professionals in the industry. The IRS will delay implementation of this 1099-K form and the additional time will help reduce confusion and provide more time for taxpayers to prepare and understand the new reporting requirements. So basically, let's put it this way. Always before there was a law and it said that it if you had over $20,000 in transactions, you're a seller on eBay, or more than 200 transactions were made in your account, then you were required to report them. But for 2022, the new rule had said every single transaction over $600 must be reported. Yeah, we talked about it all well year. As well as aggregate <laughs> transactions of over $600, your, you know, your $50 a week to the dog walker, whatever it is, uh, to any one recipient. So now... That's all on hold, and okay. you can exhale. Okay. Well, we've been talking. They gave us a lot of content all year to talk about it and complain about it, and I'm glad that they heard those number of concerns. Well, do you think the IRS might have more important things to do than 
sending out dealing with people who sell grandma's old furniture right on on you know ebay for sure the, for sure i mean whatever happened did they ever track down all those payments they paid out to all those fraudulent people who got stimulus checks no i don't think so I yet mean, terry did they ever pay the wrong spouses who never got theirs because their ex-spouse had control over the old bank account no i, I even asked the head of the irs at at a press conference they couldn't get their act together on that but they were going to track your your little transactions on we saw PayPal. people texting and asking about refunds <laughs> let's let do that first all right terry thanks okay. for the answer on that i'm going to put you on hold because we got callers coming in keep them coming we'll get to gary we'll get to Teresa. we got texters coming in with questions too We'll do all that with Terry Savage throughout the entire Winter's Business Lunch, but just about 1219 on WGN, Terry Savage joins us, and you'll be here the whole show, Terry. You okay with that? Absolutely. My check's in the mail to you. Don't worry about that. Okay, fine. sure. All right. Uh, Let's get Gary on the line. He's got a good question. Gary, you've been holding. Thanks for doing so. What do you got for Terry? Gary for Terry. Yes. Hi, Terry. Uh, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Make sure you're not listening on your radio, because that's delayed. So what's your question for Terry Savage? My question is, um, can I purchase Treasury notes through my Roth IRA account? And if so, where do I get directions on how to do that? And number two is, do the uh, interest rates differ from short-term versus long-term? Interesting questions. Okay, good questions. Look, first of all, the Treasury, Treasury Direct, let's back up. You buy treasury bills, notes, and bonds, as well as Series I bonds, directly through, from the government through treasurydirect.gov. The treasury it's, and treasury bills have maturities of uh, two years or less, treasury notes, two-year to 10-year maturities, and longer-term bonds, which you're probably not going to buy. The interest rates are set at auction each week. Right now, we have something called the inverted yield curve. The Fed is tightening. So short-term rates are slightly higher than long-term rates. Um, Right now, the rates on six-month treasury bills, if you were at the auction on Monday, and they're auctioned every Monday, and small buyers like us agree to take whatever the big institutions accept and it was about four and three quarters percent but right now a 10-year treasury note is yielding only about 3.86 percent about almost a full percentage point lower but that relationship isn't always the same depends on what people think of the outlook for inflation now the treasury direct account you create and anybody who wants to know all of this go to terrysavage.com under financial links there are six boxes one of them says how to buy treasury bills you can read all this and get a link to open the account. Treasury will not act as custodian for an IRA, any type of IRA. However, there might be a way around that. If your IRA custodian is a place like Fidelity, Vanguard, or Schwab, and they offer a brokerage account option for your IRA, because some people don't just want to buy the growth fund, the dividend fund, the S&P index fund. They actually want to buy stocks in their IRAs. So they've opened a brokerage option for their IRA. Then those three places for sure will let you buy treasury bills at the Monday auctions in your IRA. Do you do but it for the at the website, the treasurydirect.gov? No, you don't do that. You do that through your IRA custodian, which the same place you would go at Fidelity or Vanguard or Schwab. You have, you know, you have funds in there. You may have opened a brokerage uh, uh, option in your IRA, and they will show you how to buy treasury bills at the Monday auction. Gary, did that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. There we go. Okay. 
There it's we go. A very sophisticated question. Yeah, Gary, so a long answer. It's a good one. Well, I'm all on the Treasury bill train. You know that, Terry. We've been talking offline. Yeah, about oh yes, this. we have. Yeah. And, and for people out there wondering why should I do that, you know, four percent. I mean, what I got to put a thousand dollars down and then thirteen. No, weeks. you don't. No, no, no. no. I'm just $100 saying. Let's, minimum. Okay, but I'm saying let's say you're, you're not getting all that much. Thirteen weeks. Why not just put it in a savings account? You're not getting anything in these big bank savings accounts. This is Sorry, for, this except, is for chicken money. Except our wonderful sponsor, Wintrust. They've been pretty good about lifting their rates. Well, good. But there are some people who know that they have money that they're going to set aside, and it's going to be what they call their chicken money. And it matters that inflation is 7%, and they're only getting 1.5% or something like that in their CDs. So um, they're searching for the highest yields. Now, usually, and you know, it's an old rule. If it's too good to be, sounds too good to be true, it isn't true. And so all these con games, the most recent being you could earn 19 or 20% by lending your crypto, whatever that ever no. meant. You know, I yeah. knew immediately that was a con. I, I didn't figure any of our listeners would fall for that. Millions of people, I mean, thousands of people did, and millions of dollars were lost in those things. But this one is for real. The Treasury holds an auction to, to borrow money to finance our national debt. They hold it every Monday. And they are pay, having to pay higher rates because the big sophisticated buyers say, uh, we're not settling for one and a half. Uh, give us four or four and three quarters lately for six months of loans. Right. But the they, the Treasury doesn't advertise particularly. Come and buy Treasury bills just like the big boys negotiate. It's kind of a, well, it's all electronic now, so mm-hmm. it's not really a pain for them. $100 minimum, no maximum on Treasury bills and notes. Right. Uh, as I always say, if you've got a spare million or two sitting around <laughs> and it's your chicken money, you could buy, you know, well, I would suggest you buy a quarter of a million this week, wait two weeks, buy a quarter of a million, stagger your purchases so that when they mature and you let them roll over automatically, as most people do, that you'll get whatever the rate is in effect six months from now when they mature. Right. You cannot get them out early. Right, exactly. But they are more liquid than if you're locked in for multiple years. That's what's oh, nice absolutely. about it. You see, you can you can yeah. automatically reinvest them, and then they do so at the end of the 13 weeks or the 26 weeks. But you can change that. You can edit that and pull them back down. So it's for that absolutely. money that, you know, you maybe have your 10 in the savings for something quick, the furnace breaks. This is for that extra money where you're like, I, I, I want it somewhat close to me if I need it. If you buy them every week, every other week, and you then say, I want them back, they'll come to you every week, every other week once they mature those 13 or 26 weeks. I love it. I was just about to say, I I remember where you started. You know, the only way, so you just revealed something about yourself. And it's the same thing for me, by the way. Everything I write about, I, I, over my lifetime, I've tried. I've, I mean, I've bought annuities and gone, oh, okay, now I get why that wasn't a good idea. Right, try it. But you don't know how to do something. And to explain something until you do it. Exactly. And you've obviously done it. I so have. for you. Thank you very much. And uh, I, I like it. It's kind of fun. Let's go to Teresa in Galesburg. Hey, Teresa, how are you doing? Good morning or good afternoon. How are you? I'm great. What's your question for Terry? Question. Our financial advisor has suggested that some of the funds that we have in a ver- variable annuity that we change to a fixed annuity, start drawing a monthly benefit, and then if there is anything left at the end of our lifetime, that it would then convert to a death benefit. Is this a good strategy? Terry, can you explain what everything she says uh, yeah, first? Okay. That was a lot of mumble jumble. And l- l- let me start by saying there are so many things I don't know about the particular product you have. So I'm going to tell you where you can get a great second opinion. Um, 
people bought variable annuities. Those were the kinds of annuities that promised you would get all the upside of, of the stock market or of an index that they created, and you would have no risk. And meanwhile, your account would be earning a fixed rate. And people thought, well, that's great. Upside, no downside. I've written a lot about this. You can go search annuities at terrysavage.com. The upside was never the full upside. They left out the dividends, perhaps, and that counts for 40% of total stock market return. They created indexes that weren't really great indexes. The insurance companies made a lot of money on these things. And the second part was that when you got to the point where it came time to take it out, suppose you did well on that variable side, and you said, oh, great, I put 100000 in, it's now worth 319000 I'll take the 319000 They go, oh, no, no, you can't quite do it that way. You can't do it that way. You can have withdrawals based on what we say you can have. Ooh. I'm oversimplifying. Mm-hmm. And then along comes an... And I don't want to... Uh, I don't know who your advisor is uh, or what he's suggesting, but... He's not giving you a straight immediate annuity, which with a death benefit, I don't believe. But the wrong time to lock in an immediate annuity, a fixed check a month for life, based on maybe that, whatever that 319,000 cash value, is if you get whatever you got, 3,000, 4,000 a year, whatever it might be. Right now it buys a lot, but it's 7% inflation. The spending power of that annuity is cut in half or of any fixed amount in 10 years. So I hesitate to convert to an immediate fixed annuity, and I'm not sure that's what he's offering. But I will tell you where you can go, where I absolutely have 100% trust. You can use my name or not. You go to StanTheAnnuityMan.com. <laughs> it's a wonderful website of Stan Haithcock. It's called StanTheAnnuityMan.com. Stan Haithcock. Register for a call. Have your papers in front of them. Tell them exactly what you own, not just some kind of variable annuity, but this particular annuity, and have the proposal, what your so-called advisor is suggesting, and he will tell you, A, if it's a good idea, B, if it's a good idea, but the product they're giving you isn't giving you enough, and he'll explain your choices. Second opinions, whether it's health or financial Yeah, you would do that for a diagnosis, and here's one place I know you can get it. All right, Teresa, thanks for the phone call. We appreciate it. Uh, I, we got about a minute before the news, Terry. I got a question I think you can answer in a minute. 262, my job gives me a 401k. Starting the 29th, they're going to offer a Roth option too, right? Like one of the ones where yep. you probably put a percentage in this and a percentage in that. Is that a good choice to have too? Roth means you're putting after-tax dollars in. You don't get a deduction, but... All that money grows tax-free forever, and there are no required minimum distributions. And I would suggest if you get the choice at, and you don't really need the tax deduction, you can live without it. Either do it all in the Roth account or at least half in the Roth account. You'll be glad you did. Okay. So if you're just doing 15%, which is great, in your 401k, and you have zero in your Roth, maybe split them seven and a half, seven and a half. Yeah, but you'll have to, it'll be for future contributions. Right. And they will make those with after tax dollars. Okay, sounds good. Terry Savage, you got a lot of questions coming in on the text line. The oh, phone line, on. yep, there we go. The phone line's open too. 312 981 7200. Tackle your financial end of the year plans, questions, things you've been wondering to ask for a long time but have been too afraid to. Now is the time. 312 981 7200. We'll get to more of that after the news here on WGN. 1235 on WGN. John for John. Terry Savage. Savage joins us here on the Wintrust Business Lunch. Terry, we've got a lot of great questions to get to. I answered one for you on the text line, though. Someone said, I did $10,000 in I-bonds. Can I still buy T-bills? Yes, you can. 
Absolutely. That's totally separate. 10000 a year. So if you bought $10,000 in I-bonds already this year, next week in the new year, you can buy 10000 more. You'll get the current rate for six months from the date of purchase, and then the new rate will apply. And I say why not, because you're going to get that rate for six months, which is like, what, 6.59 or something like I'll that? I'll tell you why maybe not. Okay. okay. Because I know a lot of people are going to be calling in six months saying, wait a minute, the rate dropped. Mm-hmm. And I know right now the rate is 6.89% for the next six months. But previously it was 9.82%. was it? 9.62%. Yeah. Okay, now it's 6.89%. And that rate will go on for six months. However, on May 1st, a new rate will be set, which will apply to your bonds after six months of holding them, uh, which may, you know, they may not start until until um, June or July, but the new rate will depend on inflation. Now, we're all sitting here rooting for inflation to come down. Gas prices are coming down. Fed's raising rates and slowing the economy. Home sales are going down. You know, the whole economic thing. So what if inflation really drops significantly? Something we should all be hoping for. Right. And uh, then you could see the reset rate after your six months expires drop down to... Five and a quarter percent, let's say. Still not bad. going to go, wait a minute. I have to hold them five years or I will have a penalty. I must hold them a year. Cannot get out of them before a year. Right. So just keep that in mind. Right. It was nice to be greedy at 9.62%. Still pretty good to see 6.89%. Uh, but six-month T-bills are now four and three quarters. And maybe if we get inflation under control, you could see a rate of around 5% in, in May. So I find it to be my personal hedge. If I'm, inflation goes down and the rate goes down, so be it. I'm paying less for things. I'll just say, Terry, that I think the penalty is after a year to five years, you would lose three months of the last three months of interest on your... Exactly. So if the rate goes pretty low and you wait three more months, you're going to lose... Maybe not as much. Maybe, it, 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 there's a lot of options, so people can kind of do it if they want. You'd probably be wise to listen to Terry Savage. I know. I'm, <laughs> here I you. am countering Terry Savage. No, no, you're not. I'm just saying I feel obligated to remind yeah. you so that next year when you're sitting in and, and this happens, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I, rem- I remember you said don't do it all in these I-bonds. For sure, for sure, for sure. I love this. I love Terry Savage. Let's get Betty on the line. Betty from Northbrook. What is your question for Terry? Oh, hi. Thank you. Um, I have an IRA rollover account, mm-hmm. and my husband invests um, invest the money in a gold mining company, which lost money. So I just want to pull them out. You think I should pull them out? You think? What is your IRA? Let me just make sure I understand. Rollover. So you had a rollover IRA, and you put all of that money into a gold mining, or you he wants you to do you that. Think- he put it in different gold mining companies, but they and by the way, they all want money. Okay, I got to ask you a quick question. Did you ever tell your husband that this is your IRA? Does he have his own IRA? Yes, I. You know, I I thought that he he would take care of my money, uh, you know, carefully. But he just forgot. He just put the money put the money in the in the gold mining companies hmm. and never looked at them. I just okay. found out. Okay, well, okay, let's just start for one moment. I, I would like to ask how old you are, but um, could I do that on the radio since no, nobody knows you? Betty, what are you? Okay? <laughs> yes, I am retired already. You're retired, okay. Well, you might get lucky. 
I'm just going to say this. You, you might get lucky. Gold has been kind of a terrible investment for a long, long time. Back in, uh, let me think about this, 2008 or 9, it got over $2,000 an ounce. Between 20, I'm looking at the chart now, but I remember it being over $2,000 an ounce briefly that summer. In 2012 through 2019, gold was below six. $1,600 an ounce. It got briefly up over 2000 during the beginning of the pandemic. And again, earlier this past year, or it was in December 21, in 21, gold was over 2000 It's now just recently been climbing over about 1800 Right now, I think it's about 18 something. I could check on mm-hmm. it. So everybody said, okay, you don't need gold anymore. You need Bitcoin. That'll keep your money safe. Ha ha ha. <laughs> right. Um, I wouldn't like to see anybody's entire IRA invested in gold mining stocks, but they do pay dividends. And as the price of gold goes up, there is a possibility they could go higher. I think you need to do a little studying about your own IRA. And um, I, I, it's hard for me to give you advice right. about how to invest, but don't dump them all. I'd, I think you might have a chance to come out ahead in the long run and he'll get the last laugh. But you might want to diversify a bit. And uh, I think that would be a good idea. All right. That's Betty from Northbrook. That's a good idea. All right, Terry. 847. Do I could. Oh, sorry. I just hung up on. Uh, that's I hung okay. up I'm on Terry and not Betty. Answer. There you go. She got okay. to say thank you. Uh, 847. Terry, do I continue to contribute to a losing Bright Start 529 plan if I need to use the funds in the next two years? Is that Illinois tax deduction worth it? Do I pull out the funds at a loss to pay current tuition bills? Well, First of all, inside the Bright Start plan are numerous choices. Some of them are called age-based, where they're supposed to get a lot more conservative as your child approaches college age. And, of course, any that were invested in the stock market or even some conservative ones that had bond portfolios in them had a bad year this year. The S&P will probably wind up the year maybe even down a little more than 20%. So the market was down and the bond portion was also down in double digits. If you have money set aside for your child now and you're putting it into Bright Start, I don't want to speculate with money I need in less than two or three, two years till the kid goes to college. It's still a six-year time horizon till the last of it comes out. That's not very good odds. Either don't put any more in because the tax deduction is hardly worth it and save it right now. Start saving it in um, treasury bills, yeah. or money market account, in your own name, not in the child's name, uh, for sure. And then uh, take a look at what you're invested in inside the plan and make sure you're in, in the most conservative option now that your kids are getting closer. Yeah, and hopefully, if you started early enough, you're still seeing gains overall. Pro- yeah, yes. you should have overall gains if you started early enough. But again, make sure that you didn't just say, I want the da 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 plan that isn't adjusting automatically as your child gets closer to college age. Make sure you know what's inside Bright Start. We did a whole 529 thing yesterday, Terry, and I, uh-uh. we didn't quite say it this way, but I, I want to give you a chance, is that if your kid's going to school in two years or three years, 529 may not be the best option because of this exact thing. You might end up seeing a drop, right? And maybe maybe exactly. T-bills or something like that. If you're this close to it, maybe that's your better plan. The time to invest for a 529 is when your child's an infant and you, college seems like a lifetime away. But the by the time you get to the sophomore, junior year in high school, you must be in the most conservative portion of the plan because you don't want to be speculating. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I spent a lot of years, a lot of years, 
you know, and I believe in the stock market over the long run. You know I do. Mm-hmm. But my son's college money was invested in T-bills at least six years before he went to school. That was a long time ago. I just didn't want to risk losing it when it was so close. Makes sense. 312-981-7200. If you have any questions for Terry Savage, the phone line's open. A lot of text questions coming in, but we'd love to hear your voice on the Winter's Business Lunch. Also love to hear Ryan Burrow. He's got the Winter's Business Minute. Start your timer. It's time for the Wintrust Business Minute, sharing Chicago's business news of the day. As Southwest Airlines works to sort out thousands of flight cancellations, the Chicago Department of Aviation says it's dispatching additional personnel from O'Hare to Midway to provide additional service support. The CDA also says Southwest Airlines has taken steps to support stranded passengers by covering the costs of rental cars, hotel rooms, and flights on competitor airlines. The Illinois minimum wage is set to increase another dollar to $13 an hour January 1st. The state is urging minimum wage workers to keep an eye on their paychecks to make sure their employers do comply. The pay increase was part of the 2019 legislation that eventually moves the minimum wage to $15 an hour by 2025. Floor trading at the CBOE volatility index resumed today in a temporary space after a pipe burst earlier this week. Repairs are being made to the floor. Yesterday, floor trading was stopped, but electronic trading continued. That's your Wintrust Business Minute. I'm Ryan Burrow. All right, let's get a look at traffic. Gabe Salgado. John, the Dan Ryan between 95th Street and downtown. A few more minutes left of Terry Savage. First this, from last Friday to this Friday, the Chicagoland area will see a 52-degree change in temperature. And if you factor in the wind chill, it's like 90 degrees warmer Friday than it was last Friday. That's crazy, or at least feels that much warmer. Extreme weather shifts can negatively affect your roof, your gutters, your siding, your windows. You probably heard popping, cracking. All that sort of stuff in your house. I know I have, so call Lindholm Roofing. Their pros have seen how extreme cold, followed by quick melting snow and ice, can damage your home or office. There are things they can check just by asking questions over the phone. Call 888-4-ROOFER. Schedule a free estimate. 888-4-ROOFER. Or visit LindholmRoofing.com. Lindholm Roofing, their family has your family covered. All right, Terry Savage, you ready for a few questions? Yeah, let's try and get... I'll try not to talk so much. No, Go. no, Terry, don't say well, that. Well, no, I want to... I hate to leave right. people hanging. All right, well, let's do it right now. Let's get a Rita in New Lenox. Rita, how are you doing? What's your question? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Happy New Year to you both. You too. Um, what I'd like to know is, I believe I've heard about a bill that is currently perhaps in either the House or the Senate that will change the requirement for having to start taking distributions from your IRA from age 72 to 75. And I wonder if hmm. um, there yeah, well, is, uh, if you're right. has any... I have everything about it. If you go to terrysavage.com, you will read the provisions. It's called Secure Act 2.0. It's right under um, under my columns. I just posted it the day, uh, December 23rd, when it passed, right before the holiday. And the provision you're talking about says that if you have not started taking RMDs next year, the age for taking them will rise from 72 to 73. So if you haven't started taking them, but you were going to be 72 next year, you won't have to take one next year. You can wait till you're 73. And that's the, Over that the was next, in the omnibus bill? That was in this whole Secure Act 2.0 that was part of the huge 4,000-page omnibus bill that was passed to keep the government going. One other aspect of that, theoretically, I mean, it says that it will raise the withdrawal age to 75 by in twenty. 33, so that's 10 years. Okay, so but if you already have started, you're still doing it. But 
if you've already, very key point, if you've already started taking RMDs, even though you're under 73, you know, your continent middle thing, you have to keep taking them. You can't just skip a year. If you turn 72 this year, you can defer it till the April of 2023, correct? If you, you, let me think, if you turned this year, this bill doesn't go into effect, I believe, until next right, year. Right, I was just so saying in general. you should have taken one this year. Okay. But if next year, in 2023, you're turning 72 and we're poised to take your first RMD, you don't have to take one. All right. You can wait till the following year when you're 73. Boy, they moved that because that used to be 70, right? And they've really... Yes, forever and ever until 2019, it was 70. 70 and a half, actually. Now they now might be 75 by the end of it. All right, uh, Rita, uh, I know that's a complicated question. I'm so, glad you brought it up. Oh, go ahead. If you're 72 this year, you have to take it. Yep. Yeah. Or, or take it by April, and then I'll have to take it the next year, too, right? Twice, yes. If you defer it to yep. next year. Yeah, yes, you will, because once you've started, you have to continue. I know. My dad's in the same boat, Rita. He's upset. So there you go. <laughs> Let's go to... He was like, if I could have just been born a little later. All right, thank you. Have a good one. Let's go thank to you. John and Elgin. Uh, John, I'm trying to get John on the line. I think we dropped John. Let's go to Joseph instead. Hey, Joseph. What's your... Actually, we're going to Robert. What's your guess, Robert? Or what's your question? Excuse me. Hey, guys. How are you? Really quick. Uh, I listened to you and bought I-bonds on October 28th to get that 9%. Um, whatever it was, 6.8 uh, interest, and I'm keeping it to May. Is that considered one full year, or do I have to wait after May another six months? Is that considered a full year? Yeah, you'll have to wait till you've held the bonds a full year from the date of purchase, and then you'll still lose three months. You don't want to lose three months of the current interest rate, which no, is I so don't. terrific. Yeah, so no, you no, have no. to hold them. Re- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, really quick. And then the interest rate, is that every 30 days or that at the end of the six months is just one? Like like uh, the I, uh, T-bills I bought is 4.4%. Yeah. 4.4%. T-bills, pay, this is very weird. T-bills pay interest up front. If you bought $10,000 worth of T-bills and you went in and bought them and the rate was whatever it was, they take out only $9,912, whatever the interest is for six months, remains in your account. When, when you renew them, T-bills, the interest drops back into your account the day of the auction. T-bills pay interest up front. I-bonds credit interest five months later to account for the potential three months loss of interest penalty plus one month for posting. So you don't get your first interest deposited into your Treasury Direct account for I-bonds until the fifth month. Weird. That's just the way it is. Yep. All right. Thanks so much, Robert. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you very much, guys. Have a happy mm-hmm. New Year. All right, John, we're going to you next. John and Elgin, we got about a, mm, two minutes left. What's your question? Okay, so Terry, I worked for McDonald's back in the 70s and 80s, saved 30% of my check, bought a lot of McDonald's stock, and I've held it ever since. Nice. It's gone through either six or seven stock splits. My average cost per share now is $7. I have a little over 10,000 shares. It has grown to roughly 28% of my portfolio. Um, several friends that I have that are brokers keep telling me that I should sell it. It's, I'm going to be 60, that it's too big of a part of my portfolio. But right now, just on the dividend alone, I'm getting a 77% okay. return, and I'm having a hard time selling any of it. All right, let's go for Terry. All right, let me tell you this very quick. This is a very personal revelation. You know, I spent uh, 15 years on the board of directors of McDonald's and took all my, my pay in stock. And so I know exactly where you are. I would like to point one thing out. If you die, there will be, under the current tax law, no capital gains. You have a whole lot of capital gains. 
You have right. no capital gains. If you're if you drop dead next week, your kids would get whatever that value is, seven dollars times whatever it was, millions of dollars of stock, and their cost basis would be the cost on the date of your death. We've got thirty seconds, Terry. That's really important to consider. Always, 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 McDonald's unbalance my portfolio. And I always said, if McDonald's is gone, the world is gone. And uh, it's one of the exceptions I would make to being completely diversified. It's just a great all-time company. They don't always last. General Electric used to be a great all-time company. Uh, It's not a forecast for McDonald's, but I, I, I think the tax consequences, don't sell now and pay the capital gains. Unless you need the money and then you want to do that with the right. stock that you bought at the highest prices and offset and pay the capital gains. Okay. Understand your problem. There's no easy answer, but remember the estate tax part of it too. John, thanks for the call. Terry, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Happy New Year. Yeah, you too, Terry. A lot of texts saying thank you for all that you do, and I echo that as well. Have a good one, Terry. Terry's, oh, TerrySavage.com, of course. Go there for sure.